I hadn't seen panleukopenia at all in about the first 12 years of my career, but the last few years, I have started to see a few kittens that have been suffering from it, and unfortunately, they very rapidly die. It's a very serious disease, much like parvovirus is in dogs. Are we pumping too many chemicals into our pets with their routine vaccination amongst other things that we're giving them parasite control that kind of thing well it's a big concern for many pet owners out there and you're certainly not alone if you're thinking that actually maybe you shouldn't be vaccinating your cat or dog well it's a really big topic and it's one that i'm tackling today Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian, Dr. Alex Avery. Hi, and welcome along to another episode of Call the Vet. If we've not met before, then I'm Dr. Alex, and I'm the veterinarian behind OurPetsHealth.com. I'm a veterinarian in general practice, and my day job is to look after the dogs and cats that are brought to me with various ailments, but also to provide their routine care. And routine care is just so important. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I strongly believe in, and you know, preventing disease is so much better than trying to treat it and battling against a sick pet with serious problems. So vaccination, you'll be unsurprised to hear, therefore, is something that I think is very important. However, I think a lot of people's cautions and concerns in some instances are completely justified, which is what I'm going to discuss um, kind of in response to today's question. But before I get into that, I need a favour from you. If you have a couple of spare minutes, if you enjoy the show, if you've listened before and you really have found value in it, and presumably if you're listening again, you know, thank you, um, but you do. Um, but also, if you're a first-time listener, then welcome. Really happy to have you along. I hope you get something really valuable out of today's episode. There's a whole back catalogue of questions for you to go back to as well. But my favour for all of you is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a review and preferably a five-star rating. It helps more than you can imagine with other people finding this podcast, um, letting them know that it's something that's worth their time listening to and allows me to help more pets live their best life possible, which is something that I kind of feel really strongly about and is why I'm doing the show while I've got ourpetshealth.com, the website where you'll find lots of valuable information and also over on youtube.com slash ourpetshealth where I release weekly videos as well. You know, my, my passion is to try and help as many pets as I possibly can and leaving that little review, it'll take you a couple of minutes if that and um you know i'll appreciate it so much it also means an awful lot to me when i read through kind of your thoughts and how much of an impact the show has to you but anyway that's my little request for today um, i hope you'll consider it but let's get into today's question And today's question is from Bridget. And Bridget is a great friend of Our Pets Health. She's a, um, a cat owner, a cat breeder. She's asked some fantastic questions in the past. And her um, question actually came in response to one of my um, monthly newsletters. And Bridget wrote, um, I just have one query about vaccinations. 
all of my cats um, all have the core vaccines and boosters. But um, when you say that they don't require them each year, but every third year, is that a booster or a full vaccination again? I just want to be sure that I've got my facts right. Um, And also an old vet of hers um, said that we're pumping too many chemicals into our pets. And she was saying that on vaccinations. So can you clarify, please? My cats don't go out. So is there any need to do them, to vaccinate them every year? So this is really a fantastic question. And there's a lot kind of to to, to cover, a lot of ground to cover. Um, really, the bottom line is, is that no, there's no need to vaccinate every cat with the core vaccine. So by core vaccines, I mean the cat flu viruses. So that's herpes virus and Khaleesi virus, which are the two cat flu viruses. And then the other core vaccine, which all cats should get, is something called panleukopenia, which is also feline or cat parvovirus is something that you might have heard it called. So um, what really we base our vaccination recommendations on are something called the WSAVA recommendations, which is the World Small Animal Veterinary Association. There has been a, a vaccination group that's been formed and they convene every now and then to review what the the general vaccine recommendations should be. And really for for cats um, and for dogs, the core vaccine only needs to be every three years. Now with cats, there is a a caveat to that for high risk cats. So those really that are um, in higher risk situations of developing flu. So that is in large um, colony situations, those going into catteries, potentially even just those going outside if there's a big local cat population, then actually the flu component of that core vaccine, so that's our herpes virus and Khaleesi virus, should be boosted every year. And the reason for this is that the the actual the flu vaccines, while they're very valuable in the control and the limitation and kind of limiting the effects of those two viral diseases, uh, they don't completely eliminate the risk of a cat contracting them. What it does do, though, is is it reduces the severity and the frequency of any flare-ups that a cat can develop when they have become infected with those viruses. So the bottom line is, is that all cats should have a full booster vaccination every three years containing the flu and the panleukopenia portion. And for those high-risk cats, like I've just discussed, they should have a flu booster as well every kind of year in the kind of the the in-between years. Now, for indoor cats too, you know, certainly our core vaccines, they are still um, really important. The the vaccines can be spread on um, kind of shoes, on, you know, you if you've come into contact with any other um, with any other cats as well. So, you know, it's definitely something that we consider for, for all kind of all cats. Now, the other things that we need to think about are our non-core vaccines and those are more of our lifestyle vaccines if you like and for cats really that's things like um feline leukemia virus um feline immunodeficiency virus fiv um and also potentially rabies although rabies may also be a core vaccine depending on where you are in the world and it may also be a legal requirement and if it is, then there are rabies vaccines that only need to be given every three years. So kind of the same uh, same interval applies for the other core vaccines. Now, with the non-core vaccines, so these lifestyle vaccines, now the way that they are formulated and the way that they have to be formulated means that actually they do need to be given every year but whether they're needed or not really is on a a risk assessment basis so that's something that you need to decide with your veterinarian when you're discussing what the local disease risk is so um, some countries for example have really high feline leukemia virus incidence and very low um, FIV incidence 
in other parts of the world, certainly where I am in New Zealand, it's the other way around. Whereas when I was in the UK, it's the feline leukemia virus that we're often more worried about. And actually, unfortunately, the feline leukemia virus um, tends to have a much bigger, more serious impact on a cat's life. But it's really a risk benefit. So if your cat isn't going outside, so in Bridget's case, her cats are indoor cats. Um, and unless she already has those diseases in her um, home population, um, because they can as well as be spread by bites and fighting, they can also be spread on food bowls in some cases as well. Um, you know, unless they're already present, they're not going to be required. So Bridget's not going to need to get those vaccines um, for her cats. Now, if your cats are going outside, um, if they're potentially getting into fights, if there's a risk of contracting those diseases, then you know that's something that you really should think about because they can be very serious diseases that can ultimately result in death. So, you know, we're giving vaccines against things that are fatal. Um, you know, that's the first thing. And certainly in the case of panleukopenia, which was one of those core vaccines, that can be really nasty. I hadn't seen panleukopenia at all in about the first 12 years of my career, but the last few years I have started to see a few kittens that have been suffering from it and unfortunately they very rapidly die. It's a very serious disease, much like parvovirus is in dogs. So, you know, that's a really good reminder that although we might not see those diseases, we might then think, and this is the same with people's vaccinations, we may then think that they're not a threat. It's not something we need to worry about vaccinating against. It doesn't take much for those vaccine levels to drop below a level that we start seeing these diseases come back in the pet population. And they're very serious. Now, in the case of flu viruses, you know, they can also be fatal, absolutely, to young kittens. Um, and I've certainly seen that. Flu is incredibly, incredibly common. But they can also be um, kind of life-altering, quality of life-limiting in adult cats. They can get these chronic, snuffly um, noses where they're off, often kind of streaming with pus. They're blocked up. Their eyes can become inflamed. They can get ulcers. And they can be miserable. And that will flare up at times of stress, um, you know, or when there's other problems going on. So, you know, that's something that your cat doesn't need to suffer from when there are vaccinations involved. Now, the other part of Bridget's question was, um, you know, does, does, does um, her cats need a booster or a full vaccination again? Now, that's maybe a little bit of confusion is what we mean by a booster and a full vaccination. So when we think of, uh, I guess, a full vaccination, I wonder if Bridget is meaning uh, the initial vaccination course that we give to all um, kittens. And that's typically starts at about eight weeks of age. It's a vaccine every three to four weeks, with the final one being at 16 weeks of age or a little bit later. A booster is then given. So that's the same vaccination. It's the same kind of vial that is is used, but um, only one vaccination needs to be given. That's given a, a um, then a year of age or a year after that initial vaccine course. And then that same vaccine vial is used to give the, the booster vaccinations every three years. The only difference would be if then the you need that flu vaccine in the interim years, the, the, the intervening years, then a different vaccine vial is going to be used that's only got those flu viruses in it. So, you know, 
it's really very important that we think about this. Now, another thing that you know, well, you, you may have heard about and kind of often read about is um, TETA testing. So that's a way of taking a little blood test and looking at the antibody levels in the blood. Now, the antibodies are kind of a marker of immunity, if you like, um, to see what those antibodies levels are doing uh, to see if uh, an animal is likely to be immune or not. And so assessing their need for revaccination. Now, unfortunately, in cats, TETA testing really doesn't work very well it's not appropriate at all for our um, non-core so our lifestyle vaccines it's also useless against the flu vaccine because our antibody or our flu viruses sorry because the antibody levels they don't correspond very well to the level of immunity that a cat has and then panleukopenia it's not something that we would typically um, typically do because we're going to need to boost for that flu virus anyway and you know really the risks of vaccination believe it or not, you know, there's a lot of hysteria out there, are incredibly, incredibly low. Now, vaccines, like I said at the beginning, it's a really hot topic. There's a massive, I could probably talk for another couple of hours about the ins and outs of vaccination and teeter testing and the risks and the side effects and all that kind of thing. Um, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Don't turn off. Um, but I've already written about those extensively over on the website and I'll leave the um, links to all of those articles if you want to dive into this in much more detail over in the show notes so definitely head over to those show notes and you'll be able to follow links to get any more information that you need when it comes to deciding which vaccinations are best for your cat and how often they need to be vaccinated but certainly there are still some vets who will give an annual vaccination of everything um, and that's for cats including the panleukopenia and that's for dogs as well i still sometimes see dogs that have an annual revaccination of the parva virus of the distemper virus of the infection infectious hepatitis virus every year when really there in my mind is very little well there's absolutely no justification for that now the three years comes from that we know that these vaccines provide immunity for at least three years now that's an at least as well so this is where there is some potential leeway because um, you know it may be that they provide five years worth of immunity in some individuals it may be that's seven years it may be that they only need to have three vaccines and then they're immune for life but you know it's very difficult to to be able to assess that with any degree of accuracy as you'll discover if you head over to those show notes get your questions answered at callthevet.org so that's it for today's question. I hope um, it kind of helped make things a little bit clearer. Now, unfortunately, with a lot of these topics and a lot of the things that I talk about, you know, there are shades of grey and it would be very, very easy for me to give you kind of black and white. This is what you must do. This is what's really needed. But unfortunately, it's not always the case that what's right for one individual cat or dog is right for another or for their family and your family may be different they may assess risk in a different way they may have a different lifestyle and so something different is going to be appropriate for you and I really believe that actually what you need is a balanced discussion you need to know the the potential pros the potential cons um, you know that are actually based on evidence rather than just hysteria online or people's hearsay people's um, you know experiences their own individual experiences that are based on nothing more than what they've read online and the 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 kind of the hype and like I say hysteria that can involve some of these topics and vaccination is definitely one that brings out a lot of passion in a lot of people 
But anyway, that's it for today's episode. Um, I'd appreciate it so much if you could take the time to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I've also got a freebie for you as well. So uh, like I said at the beginning too, you know, I'm a strong believer that preventative healthcare is incredibly important. And to that mind, I um, have produced a free cat care guide, which you can download at ourpetshealth.com slash pet care guide. And that takes you through some of the things that you need to think about um, doing and carrying out for your cat um, and also for your dog uh, to help them live as healthy and happy a life as possible, to help them be the healthiest version of themselves that they can be and to ideally keep them out the vet clinic. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to ourpetshealth.com pet care guide. And until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is Call the Vet. Take care. You've been listening to Call the Vet. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions.